Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. You're here with me, Dan Koo, on Your Money. And today on Money and Me, we're going to be talking about everyone's favorite metal, gold. Many investors consider gold to be the ultimate safe haven hedge against inflation. In fact, it's been a store of value for thousands of years, and it has real world uses in jewelry and electronics, which provides tangible value. And unlike fiat currencies, there is a relatively limited supply of gold. But the trouble is, gold has a mixed record when it comes to whether it can actually provide a good hedge against inflation. So today we're going to find out what demand for gold looks like today and with elevated uncertainty and recession risks, how much of a safe haven does it present to us investors? So to help us with these questions and more, we're happy to invite on the show Shao Kai Fan, the head of Asia Pacific X China and global head of central banks at the World Gold Council. Good morning, Shao Kai. How are you doing today? Hi, good morning, Dan. I'm good. All right, Shalkai. Now, to start off, you know, 2022 was marked as the strongest year for gold demand in over a decade, with annual gold demand jumping about 18%, almost on par with 2011, reflecting a time of exceptional investment demand. So, what exactly drove the strong gold demand in 2022? Sure, Dan. Um, a couple of factors there. Uh, first was the normalization of jewelry demand overall, because a lot of countries exited their lockdowns. So we saw people going back to buy jewelry in jewelry stores. But mm. I think the most critical part of what happened last year was the strong demand we saw from central banks, which bought a record amount of gold, the highest amount of gold buying on record, actually, from central banks overall. Right. Okay. So then, you know, why not give us, you know, help us understand the context of the 1960s where sizable sales followed an extended period of buying. How does it compare to 2022? And are we likely to see a repeat of it? Sure. I mean, I can see where that's coming from because we've seen central banks now be positive gold buyers for over a decade now. Yeah. But the 1960s were quite a different context because it was a, a different international monetary system than the Bretton Woods system. And I think the gold sales we saw during that period were more a reflection of whether that system was sustainable um, and whether you know certain currencies could continue to be convertible into gold. Um, these days, central banks buy buy and hold gold for slightly different reasons, more strategic reasons. They're right. not really backing their currencies with it. So I'd say there's there's no direct parallel between the 1960s and today. I see. All right. Thank you so much for that great analysis. Why don't let's take it back to the present day? Are we still seeing the, the same demand as we did last year? Why not share with us some emerging trends that you're watching out for? Sure. Well, certainly in the central bank space, we're seeing the same trend continue into Q1. And here there's actually a very strong Singapore element to the story because the MAS has been a major buyer of gold in Q1 of this year, adding about 70 tons in the first three months. Wow. We've also seen the PBOC, the Chinese central bank, continue to buy gold as well. Yep. So among the central banks, um, they've been very strong buyers of gold going into this year too. Um, the World Gold Council is going to release our full suite of gold data for the first quarter very soon. So mm -hmm. when that comes out, we'll be able to see a clearer picture of what's happening across the in entire gold market. But central banks have been major supporters of gold so far this year. Right. Okay. And that's uh, 
trend that we'll be watching very closely for as well in the coming weeks. Now, you know, as we take a broader look at how gold prices have, has been performing so far this year, they are up close to about 9% year to date. And a key feature of the rally, you know, is like what you've mentioned, solid central bank demand and financial investors returning to the market with exchange-traded funds plus futures and options markets all recording the strongest demand in over a year. So what do you think is you know driving the continued buying and can we expect this behavior to continue? Right. We saw some of that buying again last night uh, with gold uh, going up by quite a bit overnight last night. But mm. I think the same factors that were relevant last year continue to be relevant, which is concerns over inflation and geopolitics. Okay. But you have to add into the mix some new things that have come down the pipeline. First of all, it's the concerns over the health of the banking system worldwide, especially after we saw last night the takeover of First Republic by J.P. Morgan. And then, you know, potential shift in monetary policy with many central banks maybe trending toward a more dovish tone. Um, And I think that might encourage some investors to look at gold further as a safe haven asset and uh, continue to think about gold in their portfolios. Okay, all right, then help us understand as retail investors then, you know, what does this mean for us and how should we then be approaching our investments in gold? Sure. Um, you know, we think that there's a role for gold in almost every kind of portfolio, including retail portfolios. But okay. I, I'd encourage your listeners to visit our website, goldhub.com, okay. where they can find a portfolio simulator tool that actually shows them how gold might specifically impact their portfolio. Okay. Uh, we also wrote a report last year um, on the impact of gold specifically for a Singaporean investor, taking into account factors like you know, the fact that their portfolios are sing dollar denom- denominated and yeah. they have large CPF investments. So um, I'd encourage everybody to take a look at all that available for free on goldhub.com. Right. Yeah, I'm just taking a look at the website and it's a pretty comprehensive breakdown of what you need to know about gold investments. Now, is there any specific type of gold that we should be investing in? And we're talking about jewelries, gold bars, ETFs. How should we approach this? Well, jewelry, I think, depends on your taste, of course. But yeah. there, there, are, <laughs> there are many different ways that investors can, can access gold. Um, if you're a retail investor, I'd say it's important to understand the differences in, in how you might invest in gold, whether it's an ETF, some other financial instrument, or physical gold, they all have pros and cons. Um, so we have actually a separate website called retail.gold, which okay. is specifically for retail investors, right. so they can better understand the differences between these types of gold investment. I see. All right. Thank you so much for that, Shao Kai. You know, if you're just joining us, we are speaking to Shao Kai Fan, the head of Asia Pacific, ex-China and global head of central banks at the World Gold Council to talk about the global demand for gold and, you know, how much of a safe haven it presents to us investors. Now that we've talked about, you know, you know, why we should be investing in gold and how we should be investing in it, what risks then should we consider as retail investors when including gold in our portfolio? Yeah, like I said before, I think understanding the differences between different types of gold investment is important. The cost that might be associated with investing um, in in certain products, the safety aspect. Um, if you're going to buy physical gold, should you hold it at home? Should you put it in a you know uh, a vault or in in some sort of safe? You know, these are all factors that you should consider as well. I, I think that understanding how gold fits into your portfolio too right. is important. So it depends on the the makeup of your other portfolio assets. So maybe take a look at that portfolio simulation tool that we have to see how gold might impact you specifically. Right. Okay. Now then, looking ahead, how do you see the risk of a recession combined with eventual, you know, the peak in the real interest rates plus Mm -hmm. a weakening U.S. dollar influencing the price uh, movements of gold? 
Well, I, I think a lot of those questions will be uh, unveiled to us overnight tonight when we hear from the Fed. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah, they're, they're in a particularly difficult position because they're battling, you know, inflation still relatively high. But now we have this banking issue going on and a potential recession in the cards. I think, unfortunately, you know, bad news for most markets tends to be good news for gold. It's not always oh. the case, but historically speaking, gold has done well during recessionary environments. Gold has done well when interest rates are lower. So okay. if that happens to be the case, then, you know, I think uh, there, there might be, you know, some, some positive movement for the gold, for gold, for the gold market. But, um, you know, as with all things, it remains to be seen. Yeah, I think that's something that uh, we'll have to wait and see because, I mean, as of this week, the, the biggest interest so far would be how the Fed would be approaching the interest rates later tonight. But anyways, thank you so much for the great analysis, Shao Kai. We've been speaking to Shao Kai Fan, the head of Asia-Pacific, ex-China, and global head of central banks at the World Gold Council. Thank you for joining us this morning, Shao Kai. Thank you, my pleasure. Do continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.